Good morning. Welcome to church this morning. So wonderful to see all you guys. Just going to pray this morning before we enter into a time of worship. Just want to take a moment to just focus ourselves on the presence of God. The amazing thing about our God is that he promises to be with us. It says that his Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And he promises to inhabit the praises of his people. So as we sing this morning, I just want us to be really aware that he's here. He hears what we're singing and what we're saying. And he hears the cry of our heart. There's things that can't be said. He knows. God, I just thank you so much that you are the God that's with us. And that you're present here in this place. That we're not just singing songs to an empty altar or an idol, but we're singing songs to the living God the living God who chooses to dwell among broken and imperfect people. God, we're so grateful. We just ask that you would open our hearts to a greater awareness of your presence this morning, that we wouldn't be worried about our week, that we wouldn't be worried about the people sitting next to us, that we wouldn't be worried about the space, but we would be thinking about you, God. We would be focused on worshiping you, taking this time to give you the honor that you're due to recenter our hearts on the truth of your word. And God, we just ask that you would prepare us, Lord, for this time of worship, this time of union with you in a special way, through music and through the hearing of the word. And as we come together as a church body later to be your body and to just do the things that you've called us to do as your church. So we just thank you, God, for this beautiful morning. And we just ask that you would be with us and that most of all, that you would help us to remember and be aware that you're with us this morning. Amen. You can stand with us as we sing if that's comfortable for you. Feel free to express yourself in worship, whatever is comfortable for you, um, within reason. <laughs> but if you want to stand, if you want to sit, if you want to kneel, this is a space for worship. Amen. Let's do it.
read this call to worship this morning from John chapter 4. Woman, Jesus replied. He's talking to the woman at the well. Some of us know this story. He ran into this woman at the well. And he said, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. I love this verse. It seems a little bit abstract because we don't necessarily have an easy connection to think, what does it mean to worship God in truth? Because that's kind of a weird word. We don't connect with worship. But in the Greek, the word that's translated truth, and I'm probably not going to pronounce it correctly, but it looks to me like aletheia. And it's a truth. It can be translated truth or disclosure if it's used in a philosophy but it was used in ancient Greek. It's variously translated as unconcealedness, disclosure, revealing, or unclosedness. And suddenly that verse makes so much more sense to me that he says we're gonna worship him in the spirit because we have the Holy Spirit. We're no longer worshiping a God that we do not know. We're worshiping a God that we do know, a God that we're in union with, but we have to worship him in truth which means we have to come to him with honesty, completely unconcealed, bare before the spirit of God. Those are the seekers, the seekers, the worshipers that the Lord is seeking is the people that will come to him. It always strikes me as interesting, you know, that God said that David was a man after his own heart when David was kind of a moral failure. But if you read the book of Psalms, David was honest to God. He would wrestle with God. He would write out, where are you? What are you doing? I'm so upset right now. People are trying to kill me. My life is going really bad. What's happening right now? But he always ended songs with praise and with worship because he knew that God was worthy no matter what. So this morning, I just want to challenge you to come into the presence of God, unconcealed, bare, just letting it all hang out. Let's just expose to God what it is that, whatever it is, whatever we're dealing with, whatever we're feeling, whether it's depression, anxiety, anger, hatred, bitterness, resentment, bring it before God. Stop trying to hide and enter into true worship in the spirit and in Aletheia, unconcealedness this morning. Amen? Let's just try it. Let's see how it goes. I think it's going to be awesome. All right. Let's do it this morning.
Amen. You may be seated. But I encourage you to remain in an attitude of worship this morning as we come together in corporate prayer as one body and lift up our praises and prayers and petitions before the Lord. So would you please pray with me this morning? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your faithfulness this morning. God, I know that for some in this room, they are declaring your faithfulness by mustering up everything they have within themselves because sometimes, Lord, it's just that difficult to see. And God, what our eyes tell us and what our eyes show us is, is not always the same as, as what we believe in our hearts. So Lord, if there are any here in this space, God, may they, may they know that not only are they in good company, because we all wrestle with that. We all wrestle with, with doubts and we all at some point have difficulties with having and declaring this faith. So God, may we know that we're not alone in our wrestling, but Lord, would you also show yourself? God, would you reveal yourself to those who might be struggling to see this morning? And God, may they have the eyes to see and the faith to believe in your goodness, in your greatness, in your plan, in your direction. God, as you guide us and lead us, we're reminded, Lord, that it's not always easy. That Jesus himself said that in this world we will have trouble. We will face hardships. We will face difficulties. Lord, there are some here this morning who are dealing with loss, with loss of, of loved ones. God, whether that's recent or if it's been a year or several years God, we struggle with those losses. We struggle with grief that seems to follow us. And God, we just pray that you would reveal your faithfulness and your goodness to those who are waiting this morning. God, we as a, as a body, we come together. We sing praises about your goodness and your faithfulness. And God, we also wait. We wait on you, Lord, to continue to guide us and lead us and direct us. God, may we humbly acknowledge this morning that we are not in control. God, may we humbly acknowledge and admit this morning our need for you. God, we are, are dependent upon you to guide us, to lead us, and to strengthen us. So God, would you do that again this morning? God, would you just be present and make yourself known to us this morning? God, through your word, through the, the proclamation of your word and the testimony of the good things you have done, God, would you not only remind us once again of the ways that you have been good and faithful, but God, would you also remind us of our great need for you to guide and lead this ministry. God, would, 
would we just humble ourselves this morning and acknowledge that we need to align our heart with your heart as we continue to be the people that you've called us to be, as we continue to be the church that you've called us to be. God, we just pause and we take a moment to align our heart with yours. God, we also just take a moment this morning to be silent before you and to allow you to speak to us. Lord, may we have the ears to hear what you are saying to your people. God, may we have the heart to see you and to listen when you're speaking and to respond when you call us to respond. God, once again, we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Help us, Lord, to remember. Help us, Holy Spirit, to remember how good and faithful you have been. And we trust and we wait knowing that you will do it all again. God, we love you. We praise your holy name. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, worship team and Nikki. I just appreciate, I think this every single week, that I just appreciate Nikki's heart to intentionally lead us in worship. I'm just, I, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to know that we aren't just being led through the motions, right? We're not just here to go through the motions, but, but her heart is to lead us to the Lord and lead us to his throne and to his feet so that we are very intentional about what we're doing here and that we don't forget what it is we're doing here. So thank you, Nikki. I just appreciate your heart. I appreciate the worship team that just shows up week after week and gives um, so much of their time for us and just wanted to let them know that this morning. Well, before we get into it too far, um, I'm going to invite some friends to join me up here. Uh, Carolyn, Terry, and Faith, would you guys join me up here for a moment? Um, we just want to recognize and acknowledge some exciting things um, that's going on in the life of our church. And so uh, the Short family, are, they're joining me up here because we just wanted to acknowledge and recognize that the Short family um, has recently decided through transferring their membership that BFCN is their home church. Um, and we just wanted to acknowledge that. Now, they're longtime Nazarenes. How long have you guys been Nazarenes? rough estimate, 40-ish years. So they're not new to the Nazarene family, um, but we did just want to acknowledge that they are now a part of our uh, BFCN family, and they have been for several weeks now. We just haven't publicly acknowledged that yet, but we wanted to do that this morning, and it's just good to be reminded in these moments of what this is that you and I 
show up to every week. That, that again, along with this theme of being intentional, I hope you don't just show up here every week because that's what you've always done on Sunday mornings at 1030. I, I hope that even though sometimes it's hard to get here because of circumstances, but I hope that when you get here, you come here with great anticipation, and I hope that you leave knowing how loved and, and with other people you are, that you're not alone. And so I just wanted to take this opportunity to not only acknowledge Faith, and yesterday was Faith's birthday, so she's celebrating a birthday, and last week she was baptized, and we're just overjoyed. And with Carolyn and Terry, we just acknowledge the privileges and blessings that we share in community. That when we show up here week after week, that it's because we are reminded that this is a community that we have other people with us. We are in this together. This is a sacred space, and it's a sacred privilege to be in community and in fellowship with other people. Amen? And so this morning, I just wanted to, even though, I mean, they've been involved. They are, this is a wonderful family. They are involved. Carolyn has already helped lead their life group and is currently leading it right now, I believe, and has filled in for Sunday school classes. And so they are not just now officially getting involved. They have been involved. But I just want to officially welcome the Short family into our fellowship. And I just wanted to let you guys know how much we love you and how much we are thankful that you are here, a part of our family. And we continue to pray for Terry. Um, he lost his mother over the weekend. Uh, she is dancing with Jesus this morning. And so we continue to pray for Terry and for his dad and for their family. Would you be faithful in, in lifting them up this week and, and in the days and weeks to come? And would you just welcome them to our fellowship this morning? Amen. Thank you, guys. Love you guys. Well, as we continue on this morning, I just want to point out and acknowledge that um, today's message is going to look a little different than usual, and I mostly wanted to acknowledge that for anyone who is new, the Short family, they are not new Nazarenes, but for anyone who you're still a fairly new Nazarene and you're still getting used to how we do things in the Church of the Nazarene, um, this is what we would call, it's been called different things over the years in different congregations and pastors call it something different, but, but this is what we would call, what I would call a yearly uh, pastor's report, where I not only hope to encourage you with a message from the Lord uh, once again, as we do every week, but I also just want to take a moment to acknowledge all the things that the Lord has done over the past year, and then to hopefully recast a vision for us and, and kind of set the trajectory as to where we feel like we are headed next. And also, most importantly, to invite you uh, to pray as we continue to discern what's next for BFCN, for for the congregation here. Um, so if this morning feels a little bit more like a report, that's because technically it is. And, and we are acknowledging the state of the church this morning. We are celebrating good things that God has done and continues to do. We may address a few challenges along the way because that's just the nature of life, that, that there are challenges at times. Um, and again, I hope to create a vision for this new church year that we are headed into shortly. So bear with me this morning as we just kind of pause and celebrate some of the good things that have happened over this past year. 
Well, again, for those of you who are still fairly new to the Church of the Nazarene, um, we have some emphasis in the church on different things like missions, for example. So Nazarene Missions International is uh, the global focus of the Church of the Nazarene on missions and the work of God, not just in the local church, but all across the world. And so we want to highlight some of the ways over the past year that we, uh, Belleville First, have have leaned into what God is doing um, around the world. And so back in October, we had um, one Metro Zone rally at Roxana Church of the Nazarene with Bruce and Cinda McKellips. And we had some folks from BFCN uh, that, that went to that and attended that. And this is just a reminder that you are always welcome to, to show up to these zone rallies. They're at different places nearby. Uh, Roxana, you know, is not too far away, and, and I know it's sometimes tricky to get there, especially on a Sunday night or a weeknight, but um, it's important that we gather together and support the work of God across the world. And, and it's important to sit at the feet of, of missionaries and listen to the stories and listen to what God is doing. And so we had a chance to do that back in October at Roxana. And then more recently, March 21st, right here um, in our own sanctuary, we gathered and we listened to uh, John and Vicki Moore and that was, I mean, they're always good. They're always informative and encouraging, but that one, I don't know what it was, but it was really, really good and encouraging. And I just left feeling blessed and overwhelmed at what God is doing around the world, especially when it feels like everything is falling apart and when you just need to be reminded that God is on the move. And so if you need to be encouraged, I just want to encourage you to make note of when these things are happening so that you can show up and just listen to what God is doing around the world because God is so much bigger than what he's doing right here in our local community. Um, Over the past year, we've continued to show you a couple of short videos on Sunday mornings. Every now and then, we'll throw up just a short video of of something that the Church of the Nazarene is focusing on in missions, or more recently, we kind of shared the the hands and and feet on the ground um, in in Russia and talking about what's going on in Ukraine. We were able to hear uh, from some people who are directly involved in what's going on, and so it's just encouraging to be reminded through technology of what God is doing when you're not always able to be there in person. Uh, We try to communicate in different ways to you what exactly is going on um, around the world. I do want to celebrate with you this morning, and I had the exact amount uh, written down on a sticky note and I left it downstairs, but I want to celebrate not only that did BFCN pay all of our NMI budgets this year, uh, we paid all those budgets, but because of your faithfulness, We also exceeded the amount for the World Evangelism Fund last week, I think by like $1,700 or something like that. So um, that's great news, and and it's all thanks to your faithful giving, because again, we're in this together, right? And so we support the work of the Church of the Nazarene, um, and so we thank you for your faithfulness. Short-term mission trips, as far as we know, are still on hold um, because of COVID, and We look forward to seeing when those are going to be happening again and personally look forward to hopefully going on some together as a congregation, hopefully attending some of those short-term work and witness trips or mission trips. Um, And as soon as that is up and running again and going again, we will definitely let you know and hope to be a part of some of those. We also want to acknowledge uh, the mission work that is happening right here, right here in our own backyard. And so 
to highlight some of the the mission efforts locally, uh, we continue to provide financial support for Good Samaritan Ministries over in East St. Louis and Washington Park. And we also support through uh, the volunteers in our church. And we just appreciate Stu and his leadership in that ministry. Uh, Just shows up week after week loving on those kids and ministering to them faithfully. But we also have other folks in the congregation who make time um, to support the work that is going on there and the efforts that are going on there. And so we just thank God for what he's doing um, through Good Samaritan Ministries in Washington Park. And more recently, we are looking forward to what God will do through uh, the Afghan resettlement program. Uh, We shared that several weeks ago at this point with you all that we had an opportunity uh, through Sarah Jansen's leadership with with Samaritan's Purse um, that we had an opportunity to sign up and say yes if there is a displaced Afghan family that would like to come to our area and live in our area, we would love to surround them with love and support and the compassion of Christ and take them in and and help them situate and adjust to new life. So um, we are still working on that. It's kind of a long process. There's a lot of, of things to cross off before you can be paired with a family. And then there's just kind of waiting for the right family to come along that says, yeah, that's an area I would be interested in. So uh, we're still going through that process and and we look forward to hopefully the exciting things that God will do through that. So along with focusing on missions, so don't just don't forget, don't lose sight that we are a global church, that we are a part of something so much bigger than what we can do right here um, in Southern Illinois, in Belleville. And so missions is important, and we just want to continue to remind you of what God is doing around the world. But also in the Church of the Nazarene, we focus a lot of our efforts on discipleship. And you hear it uh, talked from the platform a lot about how important discipleship is and how discipleship must be intentional. And so the Church of the Nazarene believes that as well. And so we just want to kind of highlight how we are trying to cultivate an atmosphere of discipleship here at BFCN. And fun fact, I'm going to get really nerdy on you guys for just a minute, so bear with me. Uh, Those of you who are familiar with the lingo in the Church of the Nazarene know that, that this particular emphasis has always been called SDMI for Sunday School and Discipleship Ministries International. That's officially been changed now to Nazarene Discipleship International, so... If that's important to you at all, there you go. You are now in the know that that, that has officially changed over, and so you're going to see less of SDMI and more NDI just to kind of keep it all uniform, I guess. So, so uh, here's what's kind of been going on in the past year in terms of discipleship, because we, myself and the church board, have identified that discipleship is something that you kind of have to stay on top of, that you really have to be intentional to make sure that everyone knows exactly what discipleship is and how we want to help make disciples and how we want to produce more disciples. Because remember, we've talked about before, that's not just going to happen. It doesn't just happen out of nowhere. It takes time and intentionality and effort, and a lot of that is on the part of of us, the church, and, and how we are cultivating that. And so uh, more recently, you'll, you'll remember that we just went through a series on discipleship, a, a several-week series, eight weeks, uh, where we kind of broke down what discipleship is, what it ought to look like, and, and hopefully encourage you all to have someone in your life 
who is your Paul, right? Someone who is pouring into you, someone who is helping you along in this journey and is, has permission to, to hold you accountable and to ask you the hard questions and to help you identify where God is at work in your life because he is, amen? And so it's good to have somebody to help you recognize that, but also you're called to be a Timothy. Someone's pouring into you, but you're called to pour into someone else. And so that series really focused on, on what that looks like and asks, asks the question, are we doing that? Uh, I will admit and confess that discipleship is something that all churches, I think, not struggle with, but we struggle to be intentional because we tend to just throw class opportunities at you and say, there's discipleship opportunities. But uh, we want to be intentional on making disciples and producing more disciples. And so that is something that we're going to continue to to wrestle with, to focus on, and ask, how can we do better? I think all churches can do better, and I think we can do better. And so we are going to continue to hopefully uh, get some more concrete things set up in the coming year that will help us uh, in our efforts to produce Christ-like disciples, authentic disciples. Uh, but we do celebrate that life groups, uh, small groups, were reinstated last year in 2021 after taking a break from COVID or being virtual with Zoom. Uh, we did celebrate that those life groups are happening again. There are several life groups happening in the life of our church, and here's your little commercial again, uh, your unpaid advertisement that if you are not plugged into a life group, I encourage you uh, to get plugged into one. And I think all of our life groups have a pretty decent um, number of people that are attending. So again, it's just a reminder that we could always use more life groups. So if you're someone who's been thinking about it and, and wanting to talk more about you know, facilitating a group or hosting a group, please reach out and let me know. Uh, I want to encourage you and, and help you the best way I can. But uh, we will just continue to ask people to be open to that. But life groups are a good thing because it's good to do life together every single week with people uh, who love the Lord and who want to encourage you. So we celebrate that. We celebrate Sunday school being in person again. That happened last year as well. And so we are just glad to be back on campus. And I just want to use this as an opportunity to say thank you to Brian Skelton Thank you to Trisha Parks, and thank you to Doug and Kathy Dothager, who lead our adult Sunday school classes. Would you just give them a hand to show them your appreciation? Because they show up week after week after week after week, with very few and little breaks in between. And we are incredibly grateful for their faithfulness, because they've been doing this for a long time, and that's just a lot to ask of someone. So thank you, guys so very much for your faithfulness, truly. And I know there's more, and we'll get to those in just a second, but we do celebrate um, what is happening in the church in terms of discipleship while recognizing that we got to continue to get more intentional, and we can continue to do that. If you have any feedback for me on what you would like to see in terms of how we can do better when it comes to discipleship and what it is you're looking for, please let me know. Um, anytime, my door is always open to talk with you about that and to just uh, encourage you, and you can help me to know what, we're, what we might be missing, okay? And then we're moving on to um, our focus on NYI, which stands for Nazarene Youth International. So each local church has somebody in charge of Nazarene Missions International. I probably should have acknowledged that earlier, that Stu, has, Stu Leach has faithfully been our NMI president for years and years and years. So thank you, Stu, for that. 
Um, and then we have a, a person who's in charge of, of discipleship, so Nazarene Discipleship International. Adam Franklin has been our president for that in, in most recent years, so thank you, Adam. We appreciate you for all your help with that. And then we finally move over to NYI, Nazarene Youth International, focusing on um, students and kids because we recognize that if a church is going to be around for a while, they better be pouring into their kids and their teenagers. And it's very uh, critical that, that kids and teens have people in the local church who are loving them, showing up for them, there for them, encouraging them, supporting them, and, and teaching them. Teaching is a big part of it, but there's a lot more that goes into uh, loving on kids and teens than just teaching, right? It's a church that's there for them. And so uh, our kids' ministry, Kid City, has been back in person for quite a while now since uh, we've started coming here, early 2021. And so um, we just thank the volunteers that, that show up week after week for that. So well, I've only got one in here or two in here this morning, but Adam and Dawn, let me just brag a, a extra on them a little bit because Dawn... Franklin is the one who, before we ever even got here, said, we got to be getting back on track with kids' ministry. We've got to be doing something for our kids. So thank you, Don, who led that pretty much faithfully every week with the help of Adam. I know Adam was a great help to her and support, but she just willingly and faithfully led that for several weeks until more recently, uh, Don and Adam still kind of do that once a month, but now we also have, and they're not in here this morning, but... Carol Parcell um, is teaching Kid City one Sunday a month, and so we appreciate her. And Shelly Wonkel is down there right now with our kids um, because she teaches once a month. So can we just, they're not here, but can we give them a hand anyways? And I mean, it's just, it's just a lot to ask, uh, especially when it's not, you know, not everybody feels just overly confident in leading those types of things. And so it's just, I'm so grateful for those who are just willing to show up week after week and prepare for our kids um, in, in Kid City so that they have something to be a part of. Uh, more, more recently, like as in a few weeks ago, we just started something again for our teens and our middle schoolers and kind of our junior high and senior high group. And so Bo and I have, for the past few Sundays, gathered downstairs with a handful of, of middle schoolers, fifth and sixth graders, and whew, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> that is a lot of fun, and I just got to be extra energized on a Sunday night to keep up with those guys, but that has been a blessing, and then Bo has been hanging out with our junior high, senior high, and I just have to tell you, we've had a pretty great turnout so far, and I think that's going really well, but, and this is a big but here, we have got to continue to pray for, for leadership for these groups because Bo and I are happy and, and pleased to do it uh, while, we're, while we see the need, but we also know that um, we need others to step in. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's anyone here, although it might be, you never know, uh, but we also are just praying like, Lord, help us to know what the right next step is as we rebuild our student ministry. But regardless, uh, we show up and, and just continue to pour into those kids and those teens. But we are also praying strongly for direction and guidance uh, when it comes to the future for that. Um, so really quickly, I'm not going through this as quickly as I had anticipated, but really quickly what I want to do now is just help you understand uh, what we've kind of been working toward the past year. So around this time last year, myself and the church board, we gathered for a special time of 
what we called vision casting, prayerful vision casting, um, not with a, a clear idea or agenda in mind, but just simply showing up to pray and to discuss what we believe the Lord is doing and what we strongly believe he is calling us to do. And so for several hours on a Saturday morning, we, we just kind of, we, we worshiped and we prayed and we kind of discerned. Lord, what is it that you want us to do? And one of the questions that kept coming up that we were wrestling with back and forth is this important question, I think, of are we a neighborhood church or are we a church for our neighbors? Do you see the difference there? Are we just a church in a neighborhood or are we a church that exists for our neighbors? And so we kind of wrestled with this question, and if we're being really honest, we said a lot of times we might just be a neighborhood church, a church that exists in a neighborhood but is, for the most part, simply focused on those who come into this building. And that's not a bad thing. Don't hear me saying that we shouldn't do that. That's not a bad thing. But we also wrestled with the other side of how can we use this community, BFCN, and how can we use our building and our property to serve our neighbors, to show up for our neighbors, and how can we move outside of ourselves to connect with our neighbors? This is the question that we were really wrestling with a year ago. Um, and so it started, again, with lots of prayer and just identifying that this is, we, we all in unity, felt like the Lord is pulling us to step outside of ourselves, that it's really time to, to do some things differently and step outside of ourselves and get to know our neighbors. And so we did that a few different ways. Again, prayer was first and foremost and still is. Uh, but we also began to host a few events where we had a chance to talk with our neighbors and connect with them, because I don't know if you know this or not, but people aren't big on you coming and knocking on their door anymore. Like, I know people still do that, but, but there are other ways. We have to find other ways to connect with our neighbors because for the most part, people are not all that open to you knocking on their door and just showing up unannounced at their home. And so we have to do something a little different. And so through these events that I'll highlight in just a minute, we also ask them questions. Did you know that you can just ask your neighbors questions like, hey, what's something that you think is missing in our neighborhood? What's something that we could work towards that would make this neighborhood better? Uh, here's some ideas we have. Are these anything, or is there anything here that you would be interested in? And we just asked them. We asked them these questions and we got some feedback from them. And we came away from this vision casting with this goal of being a regular presence in our neighborhood. That was the goal for last year, is to just become a regular presence, not just host a once-a-year vacation Bible school or a once-a-year block party and then hope that they'll just start coming, right? But, but to be a regular presence, even if that means we have to go to them. And so that's what we did. So how we carried that out was we uh, went across the street to the neighborhood, um, to the apartment complex, and we set up a barbecue there. Uh, we met them where they are. We didn't ask them to come to us because we wanted to show up uh, where they were, and we wanted to learn their names and hear their stories. And so last June, it's already been almost a year ago, but last June, we, we went across the street, had a cookout with our neighbors, and we had a really great time. We met a lot of new people, learned a lot of names, um, and just had a good time talking with them. And, and we let them know about the Vacation Bible School that was coming up. That's something else that we did. 
through our vacation Bible school, uh, was an, the emphasis during vacation Bible school was love your neighbor. We wanted to, to teach this to our kids too, and we wanted to be a, a church that existed for our neighbors. And so we kind of reinforced that through uh, VBS. And then again, we had a block party here at the church this time because we wanted to kind of utilize our fire pit over there. Uh, So we had a block party where we invited essentially every neighbor in our area on Lake Christine Drive. And a lot of that, I'll just be real honest with you, looked like Karen and I. We put on our walking shoes and we set off, uh, walked through the neighborhood and just dropped a little door hanger on our neighbor's doors to let them know that we were having a block party here. Uh, And we had several turn up for that. And that was a really good time, too, of, of just talking and conversing and meeting our neighbors and knowing our neighbors. And so I give you all this backstory because I want to tell you how we arrived at what we're working on now. Because this thing that kept coming up in all of these conversations, in the, in the, the vision casting with the church board, in conversations with our neighbors, the thing that kept coming up over and over again is this crazy idea, crazy idea of a community garden. And it's like the last thing we ever saw coming. I mean, we were talking about all kinds of things. And yet, for some reason, this is the thing that just kept coming back up to the surface, was this idea of a community garden. And we were all kind of overwhelmed by that idea, because none of us really know what we're doing with a community garden. And I'm not overly passionate about gardening. I'd love to learn, but it's just not something that comes naturally to me. And and I think that's the same for most of our board members. And so we were just kind of like, wow, we, we should probably pray about this and really you know, discern if this is something that the Lord might be calling us to do. And, and that conversation started a year ago, over a year ago, uh, where we just kind of prayed about that. And then we had this opportunity back in the summer to receive a grant from our district. So because the district, I know, it's asking a lot for you to, to hang with me and go through all of this, okay? So I hope you're doing that. Um, but, but a year ago, our district, uh, they found themselves receiving kind of a more giving over the past year, and they wanted to give that right back to the local church. I just want to brag on our district for a moment because I thought that was really incredible, that they had kind of this influx of giving and funds, and they said, let's pour this back into the local church. And so local churches, if you have paid your budgets and if you can tell us something that you're wanting to do that will help us to fulfill our call as as a church, as disciple makers, we want to give you some funds to do that. We want to give you this grant. So we had to kind of come to them with this idea back in the fall of, hey, we, we, we know this sounds crazy, but we're kind of praying about this possibility of, of building a community garden. And so the district superintendent said, I think that's a great idea. And we received a grant from the district for almost $7,000 to get that going. Uh, and so that was back in the fall, but we again still kind of prayed about it because the next big step for that was to find somebody to lead this. Because None of us on the board felt super passionate or skilled in leading this. And so we thought, if the Lord's really in this, he's going to have to bring someone to the front of our minds who can lead this. And so you remember several weeks ago, I kind of threw that out at you all and said, hey, we're trying to figure out if the Lord's in this. So is there anyone here that would be interested? And and I got a text message after the service that morning from from Craig and Carla Weiss. and, And Carla said, I'm not going to say just yet, but I think I know somebody that can help you lead this. And I think I have a really great person in mind. She was speaking of, of Craig. And so 
Uh, I've since talked to Craig, and, and he has agreed to lead this community garden. They're not here today. Uh, they're celebrating their daughter's graduation from nursing school. But Craig has not only uh, faithfully said yes to leading this, but he has already got a team of people who you guys really showed up for that. You said, I don't want to lead it, but I'll support it. And we have just a great number of people who are on board to help with that. But I'm just going to tell you that Craig's vision for this garden is unbelievable. And like he has taken this little bitty idea we had and we thought, let's put a few boxes out there and just see what happens. And he took that and has created this beautiful plan that we're kind of working through right now and said, no, no, I want like, we want to make this amazing, a, a, a real space for people to gather together and just enjoy God's creation. And so I just continue to be blown away by how God is affirming this over and over again, that we prayed about this idea that felt a little bit crazy, but, but this is something we really think that the Lord is in, um, and there's a lot of work to do, and there's a lot more to come, but I just share that with you because I hope that encourages you to know that God is doing exciting things here. And sometimes the exciting things that God wants to do happens in ways that we don't expect. And it comes in ways that, that we were never looking for. But I really believe that this is something that God is, is helping us with, that God is in. So just a few other highlights before we uh, wrap up with, with a quick encouraging uh, passage this morning. This past year, you paid off all this church's debt, and we are debt-free. And so we celebrate that again, that the Lord has been faithful through a very trying time, uh, through COVID, and the church was just able to amazingly pay off this debt, and now we have these funds open to, to do what the Lord calls us to do with. Um, and we also celebrate this past year just to continue to encourage you with four baptisms last week, which was just overwhelming and humbling and just an amazing celebration of God's work because it's all God. Uh, but that was last week for baptisms. This year, we've had six new Nazarenes decide to join the Church of the Nazarene here at BFCN and then the, the short family that moved their membership. So we just celebrate that God is bringing people into this community uh, and not just anybody, but people who say we're here and we want to help and we want to serve. And so I am so grateful and overwhelmed at what God has done. And I just have to acknowledge again, 100%, this is God's ministry, and he is the one that is growing and blessing this ministry. We just have to be faithful and do what he's called us to do, and, and he does it. He, he does it, and it's incredible. So as we wrap up this morning, I, I couldn't just leave it at that with no... Uh, sermon, but it's a short sermon, I promise. <laughs> but I want to encourage us this morning, and I just thought the, the next passage that picks up on with the Easter story is so um, perfect for what we're talking about today. And so it's from John chapter 20, and, and just because you might be falling asleep from that super boring report, I would like to invite you to stand and, and just get your blood pumping for a minute, move side to side if you need to, because now is the really important stuff, right? Now we're, we're talking about what the Lord wants to say to us. The pastor did her thing, and it was long and boring, and I didn't understand half of it. But now we wait to hear from the Lord. So we're going to read from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. 
On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And friends, this is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Really quickly, let's just talk about what's happening here. Just as last week we approached the Easter passage Right? We approach the passage of Jesus appearing to Mary at the tomb in all his resurrected glory and the amazing way that Jesus humbly shows up in seemingly the, the, the image of a gardener to, to Mary. Right? Just as we stand in awe of the Easter passage that we read last week, this passage is also approached with a sense of awe and wonder. As John reminds us that this is the same night This is the same night. So Easter night, if you will, Jesus shows up in all of his resurrected glory, 100% in the flesh, but yet resurrected. And he stands before the disciples and we just approach this passage with awe and wonder as we imagine. What must it have been like to be locked in a room full of fear because all your hopes and dreams have just been shattered on a cross and now his body is missing and we don't know what's going on or who took him. And then here he is standing in your midst. And I love how John just reminds us again, we see these themes of creation again. You know, we've been talking a lot about creation through the Easter story and through the passion story. And again, John highlights, did you notice how he said on the first day? John reminds you what day this is, and it's the first day, and that is a hint of of creation. That's a hint of day one creation that we read about in the beginning. And so we are reminded again, and we talked about this a lot over the weekend. You're probably tired of hearing it by now, but we talked about how on Good Friday we were in a garden, right? And we went back to the beginning in Genesis that, that what was altered in the garden with Adam and Eve, when sin entered into the picture, God's perfect image and plan for creation was altered forever. But what was altered in a garden was then being completed and fulfilled in a garden as Jesus is arrested. And we talked about that on Good Friday. But wait, it's not over yet because what was was altered in a garden, what was being fulfilled in a garden is now completed in a garden as Jesus comes out of that tomb that was in a garden on the day of the resurrection, and we are reminded that God's new creation is here, that God's new creation is possible, and it's seen now through the resurrected Jesus. And so that resurrected Jesus shows up. He shows up and he offers peace, as he always does. He offers peace and he offers the evidence on his hands, a reminder that he is the one who was crucified, just in case there were any naysayers, right? This is a physical reminder that he is the one who is crucified, but these wounds also remind the disciples of what Jesus came to do, lay down his life, 
Those wounds serve as a reminder that Jesus came to lay down his life, and now he's calling you to do the same thing. But these wounds are also a reminder of what was accomplished that day. Amen? What was accomplished that day and what will continue to be accomplished through the resurrected Lord. Did you know that this passage, scholars sometimes refer to this passage as a problematic passage? Do you know why? Does anything strike you as odd when we read this passage? Maybe you notice that when Jesus says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, as Jesus breathes on them and tells them to receive, rather, the Holy Spirit, maybe you pause at that and you wonder, wait a minute, I thought that's what happened on Pentecost, right? Isn't that what happened on Pentecost? And we're not there yet. We're still six weeks away from Pentecost, so what is this? And then scholars recognize that when we look at this passage compared to Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, we kind of have a tension, don't we? That's something that just... We can't get away from that, no matter how hard we try, that, that there's a tension that we have to sit in sometimes. And, and this is one of those moments because Luke, in his account, he says, Jesus said, wait, right? In Acts, Jesus says to wait for the Holy Spirit. And yet here's John saying that Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. So what's happening here? This is a little suspicious, right? What's happening here? And so as I was reading that this week, I think the worst mistake we can do is pretend that these tensions don't exist, right? Or, or just pretend like we won't read that passage because we don't know what to do with it. We'll just pass it by. Instead, let's just acknowledge it, that it's a lot. It's a lot to consider, and our minds may not fully know what to do with this passage in the light of Acts chapter 2. But I like how scholars, again, I can't, I couldn't, this theme of creation was not a theme that I thought of or planned on my own, but it's just what kept coming up, and I just really held on to it over the past several weeks. But again, maybe scholars talk about how maybe in keeping with this theme of creation, listen, this is huge, that maybe John is reporting, what John is reporting here is that Jesus wants his disciples to receive life. Because Jesus, the Savior who stands in their midst, who stands before them, who was absolutely killed, who was dead and buried for three days, here he now stands in the flesh in their midst in all of his resurrected glory, raised to new life. And because this Savior lives and breathes, this group can now receive the breath of the risen Lord and the life that he has to offer. How about that? How about that? Maybe that's the point that John is trying to make. And here's the thing. Let's just acknowledge none of this takes away from what will happen at Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, God steps in and sends his Holy Spirit to unite the church in a way that none of us could ever dispute or even fully understand. That God gave himself to the church and ignited the church in a powerful way that day. This doesn't change that. This doesn't change that, but we can also recognize that this moment is a significant moment as Jesus' breath verifies his life. That the resurrected Jesus that stands before them, the same power that raised him from the dead is now given to them as they are called to go. Are you with me? 
So we may not resolve the questions we have when comparing these passages. And maybe that doesn't just clear up all the discrepancies that we might feel. But I really appreciate how one scholar said this. The full reality of this event cannot be historically reconstructed in a manner that adequately explains or shows what truly happened. But if God is comfortable to leave the modern reader less than satisfied with the account of the original creation, because I don't know if you know this or not, but it's problematic for a lot of people, and it's the subject of a lot of debate. But if that same God is comfortable to leave us less than satisfied with the account of the original creation, then certainly he can do the same with the account of the new creation. So regardless of how you look at this passage In light of Acts chapter 2, we can't ignore what God is doing here. That just as God breathed life into Adam, his cherished image, the the man that was created in his image, just as God breathed life into Adam, Jesus is now breathing life into his disciples, and he is saturating them with God's spirit, reviving them, and sending them out as his agents. And this, friends, describes at least a portion of the mission of the church. The, the church, the disciples who would, who would go and lead the way for the church to be born, right? They now being filled with the breath of life and the Holy Spirit of God of the resurrected Jesus, they are now anointed and sent. Jesus, the one who was sent, is now sending. But he's not only sending, he is assuring them that they go only in the power of the resurrection and church. Listen, we find ourselves here today on this side of the resurrection. Do you understand that? You're living in the light of the resurrection and you have been called to continue to live in the light of the resurrection. You're on the other side of the resurrection and we as the disciples find ourselves here reminded once again that the resurrected Jesus is in our midst and he has empowered us and he is sending us. And we are to take seriously, listen, this is no light thing we have been given. We are to take seriously this role of the church in embodying the grace and love of Christ and extending it to our neighbors, extending it to our communities, extending it to anyone and everyone out there. The risen Jesus Our risen Lord and Savior has given us, you and I, the church, power and responsibility. What are we doing with it? We have it. We have power, the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not our own power. We have it. We have this responsibility now. What are we doing with that? That's the question we need to ask today, and every day going forward. What are we doing with the power of the resurrection and the responsibility of Jesus that has been given to us? What will you do with it? That's the question we need to ask. So what's next? As we kind of pick back up where we left off earlier and ask what's next, I don't know other than standing in this, on this side of the resurrection knowing that we are sent, that we are empowered, and that we have great responsibility. And we are going to pray that God will show us how to continue to cultivate that. 
And we look forward to what God is going to continue to do through the things that I've already shared that I won't go back over again. We, we look forward to, to, to seeing what God's going to do with all of that. But we also hold this great responsibility of, of making decisions and choices about what will we do next? What's next? What's next in terms of building our ministries? What do we do next? And this will only be made clear through prayer and discerning and aligning our hearts with the Lord's. And so that's what we're going to do. And so next week, I'm going to go ahead and invite the praise team to come back up as we prepare to close this morning. But next week, we're going to start a new sermon series. And hopefully you've kind of seen the little, um, the little advertisement, if you will, or the little ticklers of, of what this sermon series is going to be about. I've been sharing about that in the newsletters. If you don't get the newsletters, let us know so you can get those and just know what's coming up and what's going on. But But we're going to start a new sermon series next week called Praying Our Way to Pentecost. And we are going to be intentional as we as a church come together. Because listen, don't lose me. We've been given power and responsibility. Do you believe that? Do you believe that we here at BFC and this church that you are a part of, this church that you hold your, that you, you, you put your name on this church, You're a part of this church and you are called to to be a part of what God is doing. You've been given power and responsibility. And so the only way that we can know what to do with that is by being faithful in prayer. And so through this sermon series, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be challenged to pray for direction and the revelation of the Holy Spirit. But here's the exciting thing about this is this is not just a series or Um, an initiative or effort that BFCN is doing on our own. This is a part of the Church of the Nazarene in USA and Canada, and we are coming together with 500,000 other Nazarenes who are also going to be praying for direction from God and revelation of the Holy Spirit. This is amazing that we are not alone in this, (laughs) That, that there are other churches that are like, Lord, this is overwhelming, What do you want us to do? How are we going to do this? And so we are coming together as as a region, USA and Canada, and we are praying for God's direction and revelation. And I don't know about you, but I am just praying for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God as we go forward as the church. And so I pray this morning, as we respond in song and and declare the goodness of God once again, I want to encourage you not only, listen, praise God for what he's done in your life and in the life of this church over the past year. Would you just praise him for that? Because it's all him. He deserves all of the glory and all of the praise for what he has done here. So would you praise him for that? But I also want to just encourage you and challenge you to begin praying that we would all refocus and realign our hearts to line up with God's and his mission. Would you do that this morning?
Amen. You may be seated this morning. I just want to encourage you this morning to commit to praying and listening to God and and following his voice, following his voice and answering the call once again. Whatever that call is that he's placed on your life and whatever that looks like for you personally, but also as a part of the body of Christ. And I just pray that God would continue to guide and direct our church, that, that we would understand that it's only after having an encounter with the resurrected Lord that we are going to know how to go forward and whose power we go in, right? And so I'm just excited about this series coming up, and next week I'll share more about that with you and how we can specifically be praying and, and ways that I can encourage you to do that. But I just also pray uh, that you would just be faithful this week as we anticipate and prepare for what we think that God is going to do next. And so as we transition this morning to announcements, uh, there's just a few announcements to share with you. Um, this week's rehearsal is going to be uh, dismissed. So for worship team, rehearsal will be dismissed because of some other events happening on Thursday night. Um, so those scheduled worship team members just plan to be at church next Sunday at 9 a.m. for practice, if that's you. Um, and we are going to transition into a time of, of of voting for our church board. So again, just kind of to help walk you through, um, as a church of the Nazarene in our local church, we do elect the board members that serve as the leaders of this church. And as they walk with me, the pastor, to to discern God's vision and, and God's plan for our church. And so we do vote on them yearly. And so that's going to be held in the foyer as soon as the service is over. Um, and so if you are a member of BFCN and you are at least 15 years old, then you will be able to cast a ballot. And um, that ballot has been brought to you this morning by the nominating committee that was elected to to serve and appoint these names. And so that ballot has been approved and finalized by the nominating committee, and you will have a chance to approve that ballot when you receive your ballot in the foyer. Um, And so that vote will be cast uh, by each member, and then um, it'll be a, a majority vote um, that, that will carry those through. Um, if you have any questions, we will definitely be out there to answer those for you. Um, but yeah, just head out there as soon as we dismiss. So I invite you to stand this morning. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I pray that you would go in the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, and that you would live and walk in the power of the resurrection, being love and light to all of those around you this week. You are loved. You are dismissed. Have a great day.